into it. Let's get into it. Uh, what's up, 314 Punk? Hope you're all doing well. Um, yeah, it's it's been kind of a minute since I put the last episode out uh, with Tom Thanks. And uh, I would definitely like to give them a shout out because their new album, Sonder, comes out January 28th. And uh, the guest on this week's podcast, Danny Thacker of Number One Sons, um, their new song comes out January 28th as well. It's called uh, I'd Be Cooler If I Was a Dick. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of new music actually coming out on the 28th. So it's just one of those new music Fridays that uh, a lot of stuff's coming out. Um, actually, Wes Hoffman and Friends, our EP, Rewrite the Story, is coming out as well. So uh, if you go to Wes Hoffman's um, Instagram page and hit the link in our bio, you can uh, pre-save it. <laughs> and when you pre-save, you know, a lot of bands are doing this now. When you pre-save, what that does is that saves it to your Spotify library before it even comes out. So on release day, it's in your Spotify library and Spotify picks that up. It recognizes, oh, 100 people pre-saved this. Um, let's show it to more people. Let's put it on some playlists. Um, let's let's spread it around a little bit. So it helps out bands a lot, and it literally takes two seconds. So when bands ask you to pre-save, it's a it, you're doing them a, a huge solid if you if you do that. So um, there are not too many shows happening right now. Let me see. I know Modern Angst is playing at the Conservatory in um, Alton, Illinois, on. February 26th, I believe that is. I'm looking it up real quick with uh, the Winks and Boss Battle. And if you have not seen Boss Battle yet, they are a hell of a good time. And the Winks are also a great band. Really enjoy them. Uh, great, just you know, straightforward punk rock band. Um, Modern Angst, their new EP is out as well, Trampled. So make sure you head on down to the record space to check that out. Um, that's one of the shows that I know about. Uh, uh, again, um, there's also a house show happening on February 5th at uh, the Pink Pit with Staley Avenue, Pinkville, Modern Angst, Stink Bomb, and Sewer Urchin. So make sure to check that out as well. And uh, enjoy this episode with Danny Thacker of Number One Sons. I hope you guys are all doing well and uh, staying safe. What's up, everybody? Uh, this is another episode of 314 Punk, and I'm here with Danny Thacker from Number One Sons. How are you, man? Uh, doing great, Wes. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, so you and I have, um, we've been like internet friends now for um, a, a few months, probably. I feel like we've been going back and forth and, and chatting, and um, it's been really cool to kind of you know, just now get to know you and, and be able to talk to you, um, as you said previously, kind of face-to-face. -face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been really cool. I love watching your videos. I love your music. Um, you know, a lot of really inspiring stuff. Um, so, it like, the more and more this goes on, I, I mean, I know that the, the whole online marketing and stuff thing is weird. But, you know, you meet some really cool people. And, Wes, uh, you're one of the cool dudes I've gotten to meet. So I'm glad to be on the podcast with you. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, like, I, I know that, um, you know, when I was younger and and uh, I know you and I are kind of like kind of around the same age. But, you know, um, 
this was like late. We don't night. have to talk about that though, do we? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Not if you don't want to. <laughs> I don't care. I, I totally like I was on a podcast um a couple of days ago and they were talking about like, you know, I'm very open that I'm I'm gonna be thirty nine in March. So like you know, uh, I, I, I'm very open about the fact that like I'm older and I'm in music and and uh, that I enjoy doing it. And they were asking me like, you know, does it, it? They they were around my age too, but they were like, you know, does it feel weird to be like playing pop punk and and this is kind of like a, a genre that's ruled by people in their like early to mid twenties? Like, I don't think so. I think you just do what you love and and who cares how old you are? You know what I mean? I feel like in a way that it keeps me young doing this kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, that's totally true. But, uh, I feel like growing up in the late nineties and early two thousands, you know, when the internet first started, uh, like kind of becoming more prominent where, you know, I remember it was probably 95 or six that my family, um, you know, we got a computer, we got a, a like a big clunky desktop and we put it in like, you know, kind of in between the dining room and the kitchen and you could get on the internet and there were like chat rooms were really big around that time. And, um, my parents were like, you know, now be really careful, like who you talk to on there and like what information that you give them and everything. And, um, you know, I do think that there is, you do have to be careful, but at the same time, like, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's very different now. And you, you can meet people on the internet like yourself, like that, you know, you and I've met, we've chatted, through messenger like many times and um you know you can meet some really cool people in the internet they're like yeah there are some you have to be safe and you have to be careful but at the same time it's a really good tool to meet some awesome people yeah it really is and like you said it has changed so much over the years i do remember there was actually a punk forum that you know you could get onto and um comment and stuff and it wasn't nearly as personal now you have video and you know, people are posting things that you can see a lot easier and, you know, there's no dial up sounds and you're not keeping your parents <laughs> off the phone. And <laughs> so, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, I know, uh, we'll get into that. We'll get, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself in my mind, in my head, <laughs> but tell me, <laughs> as you know, um, you, you know, you listen to a few of the podcasts, Danny, what was your, um, aha punk rock moment? Um, in listening to your podcast, uh, just, just like, what was your aha punk rock moment that like the moment that you heard a band or went to a show or saw a music video or something that like it clicked in your mind, like I want to do punk oh, rock. Okay. <laughs> so that one single moment, um, I think I was really young and I remember, um, I had this friend that lived across the street and we hung out all the time and rode bikes and. Um, you know, it's it's funny thinking about that because you don't really see kids do that sort of thing anymore. But anyway, his brothers listened to like Nirvana and Alice in Chains and a lot of grunge and things like that. And that was actually my first exposure to rock music was hanging out with, with him and his brothers. And my parents listened to country. You know, I'm from mid-Missouri, so um, it, it was really kind of rebellious for me to start getting into that type of music. My dad hated it. So, <laughs> um, but I remember in true punk seeing, rock fashion. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I remember, I think seeing green day, uh, performing live. It might've been an unplugged or something on MTV. And 
I was like, wow, this music is really awesome. Funny enough, my friend's brother actually hated Green Day for whatever reason, and they ended up like smoking the the cover, the CD cover of Dookie. But I think that was smoking like the whole thing, like roll, yeah, like really, <laughs> like rolling weed into a joint and yeah, like, like using it as a the cover of Dookie for whatever reason. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think Green Day was my introduction to punk rock. And I, and I just remember, you know, those few moments. That was my aha punk rock moment. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like uh, Nirvana is one that, like, um, it has been mentioned on the podcast a few times. And I feel like they were definitely, um, you know, I mean, of course, they're, they're grunge, but there's a lot of elements of punk in their music. And and they were their attitude was just like was punk was totally punk you know like if if it wasn't for Nirvana and all those other bands that that came through at that time and that grunge movement that really just like like I, I you know I'm, I was a little bit too young whenever it was all really happening because you know right whenever they were kind of at their height like I think Kurt Cobain died when I was only like eleven years old you know what I mean so like. Um, you know, I, I wasn't experiencing it as much, but like, they were just huge. They were absolutely huge. <laughs> Nirvana was just like, and, and and I remember my parents being like, don't listen to that stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, like some of the lyrics in the Nirvana stuff, like uh, there was a song, Rape Me. Yeah. Which actually isn't what you think it is, you know? It's, it's actually a, a, like a pro-women's rights song. Um, and then... A couple of other lyrics I remember my dad hearing uh, <laughs> that Nirvana had in their songs, and and yeah, they were just they were very punk rock. Dave Grohl actually, you know, grew up uh, going to small clubs, and, and punk rock was kind of like you know became like a almost like a religious experience for Dave Grohl. So yeah, I love Nirvana. Absolutely, absolutely, and I'm a, I'm a big uh, Dave Grohl fan too. Just in general, like you know, what a what an amazing like ride he's had to be like the you know the drummer for Nirvana, but then also like the Foo Fighters have just you know when I heard first heard the Color and the Shape, um, I loved that album like when it when it first came out when I was a kid, and um, uh, to to now have seen how much like the Foo Fighters have taken off and how they're just like this iconic brand band and brand now. It's just, it's insane. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, I'll run into people because I talk about music often because, you know, that's my life. Um, but I'll run into people that actually, you know, don't know who the Foo Fighters are. And that just blows my mind because like you said, they probably are the biggest rock band going right now. And, uh, um, oh, yeah. yeah, Dave Grohl is, it's just amazing. Um, and he maintains like this great personality through all of it. He's just a very inspirational person. I just bought his book and, uh, have been reading it and, uh, it's been a blast. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Like, I, I feel like Foo Fighters are one of those bands that, like, uh, if you told me, hey, you know, what's your most, um, sorry, I'm making a, I'm making a little uh, Irish coffee here. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you're wondering what I'm doing on the Zoom call here. Um, yeah, I'm off work today. So I'm kind of just like, you know, 
taking it easy. It's, it's kind of nice to be like doing one of these in the morning. Um, you know, normally I do these podcasts like it, more in the evening and stuff. So it's just kind of nice to kind of wake up and have a, have a cup of coffee with my buddy, Danny. <laughs> But, yeah, I had mine already. <laughs> Love coffee. Yeah. Gotta have it. I, I would say if, if somebody came up to me and they were like, you know, what's alternative rock sound like? I would definitely give them a Foo Fighters CD. You know, like they were one of those bands that's like, oh, you know, this is this is rock, but it's not, you know, it's it's got a little bit of a different sound to it. Like they're just they're one of the biggest rock bands for sure that, that I feel like. And, and um, I would say that song, uh, Best of Me. Uh, that uh, I forget what album it's on. Um, oh, that's gonna bother me now. But um, in, I think it's called In Your Honor. It's, yeah, like, yeah, it is. That's that's one of my probably one of my favorite songs of all time. I just think that that's such a well crafted song. Um, uh, best of me or, or best of you. Someone getting the best of you. Um, uh, but yeah, I love the Foo Fighters. Um, and he's perfected that yell singing. You're like, man, how does he do that night after night on tour? And <laughs> yeah. Sound, it's like nothing else. And you're like, you know, it, if you think about it, technically, it's really not that great of singing. Right. It's the fact that there's so much passion in it. And it, you know, you're like, you know, maybe it does sound good to me. You know, it just feels raw and real. And that is an amazing song. I actually was thinking about it. And the first CD I ever bought was the first Foo Fighters album. And I remember being really young, and like you said, uh, Kurt Cobain passing away. And um, my friend having that first Foo Fighters album, and you know, we started listening to it, and I'm like, oh, this is different. And before I knew it, you know, that was whenever I had stopped listening to country so much with my folks, and I think that was always on the CD player in my room. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I. Um, I remember that album, The Color and the Shape. Um, I, I want to say it came out around 95, 96. Um, and yep. I used to listen to it while I would play Sega Genesis in my parents' basement. And Oh, um, we lived the exact same life, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would put that on and I would listen and I would play NBA Hangtime 97 for hours, um, uh, which I think was like, it was basically NBA Jam. Um, but I remember, I mean, I have listened to that album from front to back for like many, many times. And, um, I, I, I mean the Foo Fighters, they just have great riffs. They have, they have great guitars. They have everything that like, I think, um, the bassist was in sunny day real estate for a while. And then like the, uh, the drummer was, you know, Taylor Hawkins was in, was the drummer for Alanis Morissette. Like, so they, they have like a, a, a it's almost kind of like a super group lineup of, of, people in that band, you know? Um, yeah. And Pat Smear from the germs and yes. also played in Nirvana. Pat Smear's but awesome. He kind of came and went over the years, but yeah. And then, uh, the guitarist was from originally from no use for a name. Yes. I believe. And I love no use for a name. Oh yeah. Who doesn't H- huge, huge. And I feel like they're a huge influence on me and my music for sure. Like, um, you know, Tony Sly is a great songwriter. Um, they always have great guitars. Like they have that kind of fast melodic, like, um, uh, always had really like, I mean, not every song had meaningful lyrics, but they had like most of their songs had pretty like mature, meaningful lyrics. And I always really liked them a lot. I think, uh, you know, you probably grew up in a small town too, just from the sound of it. But, uh, <laughs> dumb reminders was like perfect for that. Yeah. 
I remember hearing that, you know, early on in my punk rock days. Just an amazing song. This town is full of dumb reminders. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, it sure is, man. It sure is. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, brother, tell me a little bit about Number One Songs, this project that you've, it seems like you've had this project going on for a while. Like, how did you get started in then uh, playing music? So, I started playing music. Um, not long after I really got into punk rock, like we were talking about. And I think one of my earliest memories is sitting in my bedroom again, you know, me and my friends would kind of take turns with the guitar. And, um, I probably was 13 whenever I finally got my first guitar, which I had dabbled, dabbled a little bit with, with my friends guitars before that time. But, you know, listening to green day and, the offspring and um, actually pretending to play on hockey sticks is what we would do before <laughs> that time. Like we'd just turn on smash and then listen from one side to the other and pretend like we were the band, which is kind of silly, but uh, it, it's a fun memory. Um, but I played in number one sons. I think we started it around the time I was probably 13 and we played a lot of local shows through high school and uh, got into, you know, the St. Louis area in Soulard. We played, you know, dozens of shows. We played at the old Cicero's. Oh, yes. Um, I love the old Cicero's. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Uh, they had the all-ages shows on Sundays. And uh, we played with a lot of cool bands there. Um, but I was from Sullivan, which is mid-Missouri. And so we would drive all the way to St. Louis and go in. 90 miles an hour, always running late. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. Me and my buddy were like a team and we would just like navigate the traffic. And, um, one of my friends who actually grew up to be like a, a big time business guy, um, was always wanting to be on time, believe it or not. And we were just more punk rock, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember that, you know, being kind of reckless. Um, but you know, we, we learned a lot from that time. And uh, looking back, you know, we weren't technically that great, but always, I've always had this knack for, for writing music, mm -hmm. I think. And, and I love writing catchy pop punk. And um, I was, you know, after that time, not playing music a whole lot because I was being, I guess, from my early 20s, you know, more of a family guy. I've, I've got a kid now that's 13. Oh, wow. And I was married for a long time. And then, you know, that went south. But, hey, uh, everything happens for a reason, you know. Um, so here I am, probably picked it back up. Uh, it was probably late 2018, maybe early 2019, and then just started releasing some singles. And uh, the first album that I did um, actually came out like one song right after another. And it's just this process where, you know, every time you do it, you do better and better. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I, I feel like in a way, um, you and I have lived uh, similar, we, we've had similar paths. <laughs> because I, you know, I too um, was in married, you know, married for a long time and, and um, you know, didn't play music for a while and was really into that kind of career driven path of like, hey, I'm going to focus on 
my career and I'm going to try to get promoted and I'm going to work my way up the kind of the corporate ladder type thing and um, didn't have time for music and, and just really put it on the back burner. And I think um, people like you and I and, and probably a lot of the people listening to this podcast, it's like punk rock is something that's kind of in your blood and it's always there and you're always listening and you're always kind of paying attention even if you're not going to shows too often you're kind of always paying attention to what bands are out there and what bands are coming out and and you're always kind of go back to your favorite albums you know um even just recently like one of my favorite albums when i was a kid was uh mxpx life in general and like i went back to that and just like a flood of memories from me being 17 like came back and you know and um I think you come back to it. Like, I, I agree. Like when, when I started coming back to it and um, it was about 2015, 2016. And then I started my uh, Wes Hoffman music in 2017. I agree. The same thing. Like the, the music just kind of flowed. It's like, it's kind of within you and it, it kind of comes out whenever you, whenever you let it flow out. So um, I totally agree yeah. with you on there, man. It was, it was like maybe from all of those years that we didn't, you know, perform or write music. Um, you know, we, I'm sure just, just like me, you, you played a lot of guitar. Actually, I played in a cover band for a little bit uh, to make some extra cash. But, um, you know, going back to those old albums, I actually just recently turned Smash on. Oh. And I got a long drive I do once a week. And I listened to the full album, and it was funny to me, thinking back, like I told you, whenever we were playing, pretending to play on hockey sticks as guitars, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thinking back to that time and, uh, you know, thinking about what that album meant to me then, mm-hmm. and not really understanding, I think, a lot of the lyrics within it, because, you know, The Offspring were mid-30s at that time, yeah. and, and they were actually kind of late to the game themselves, but hearing all the lyrics and I'm like, I, I know what this means now. And it's so weird to me because knowing what it means now, I'm like, this, this music is speaking to me right now because of the meaning behind it. And I didn't even realize what that was, you know, whenever I was 13. Yeah. Um, so I, it was like, was this like subconsciously, you know, with me this entire time? This is crazy. <laughs> it was like an epiphany of like, I know what these songs are about, and this is this is speaking to me right now. It's like a it's like a moment I had on that drive, you know. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, like, I I do think it's really cool when you um I'm 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 a big reader too. Um, haven't read as much this past year. Um, but I think albums and books both like when you go when you revisit them at different points in your life. They, they give you different, um, you know, you've changed a little bit. So like they, they, it means something different to you than the first time you read it or listened to it. You know, if it, if it's a audio book or if it's an album and and stuff like that, and it's kind of like you, you pick out different things that you didn't recognize before because you're a different person than you were before it. You know, it's just kind of an interesting thing for sure. Um, and yeah, I feel it. I feel the same way, like, uh, with, MXPX with Smash, like Smash was such a, a great, a big album for me as well. Like I, I remember driving around my small little town whenever I was in high school and like listening to that and being all angsty and angry about <laughs> wanting to, like I think it was less than Jake that wrote so many songs about like leaving the town that they lived in. And I was like, 
oh, dude, I'm going to, someday I'm going to get out of this town. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I did. I did. <laughs> I think that is definitely a, a punk rock theme is leaving this small town. Um, Jesus of Suburbia was another one yes. where we would come to St. Louis to play a show and we would listen to that song. And, uh, you know, toward the end of it, you know, talking about leaving home was, uh, something that my friend and I, my best friend who played music with me would just belt out <laughs> as silly as that sounds, but yeah, yeah. It's getting out of that small town type music for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I, I feel like that's, it's just getting out of that mentality. Like I always felt a little, um, like when I was in high school, I always felt a little misunderstood or like I didn't really fit in anywhere. You know, I mean, I had friends, I had, I had friends and stuff like that, but I was just kind of like, nobody really truly gets me. And I remember when I, when I would come to St. Louis and I would go to punk shows, like when I was a junior and senior in high school, it was like, and I lived an hour away in Illinois and uh, a couple of my friends would come down with me and we'd go see a punk show. And, um, I remember being like, this is, this is where I fit in. Like, this is, these are my people, you know what I mean? So, um, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and I still feel that way. You know, I can talk about, uh, listening to smash, for example. Um, I was telling my, my longtime girlfriend who, who I'm now I'm basically married to and she's great and she supports me through all of this but I was listening to smash you know with her and um I don't think that was you know particularly an album that she grew up listening to but she still likes the offspring of course but I was saying that you know that was the biggest rock album to come off of an independent label mm -hmm. and I've just got these little tidbits that I'll just fire off about things. And to me, that is the coolest thing in the world. But to most people, they're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like yeah. you talked about, that's just one example of kind of feeling, you know, misunderstood in, in the passion for music and punk rock. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love little tidbits like that. I love like, Oh, well this was the first song. This was, the first album on this label and then they took off from there and then this label released. I, I love getting into kind of like, you know, well, Epitaph started and, and at first they were this kind of small label by, uh, you know, Brett Gerwitz from Bad Religion and, and, you know, now they've grown into this, this bigger label. And I love kind of getting into like the labels and producers and all that different kind of stuff too. So, um, well, tell me a little bit about, like, I know you have an album or, or, or that you're getting ready to release some songs coming up he here soon. You've sent me a few. I really like them a lot. And, like, as a person who also really loves catchy pop punk songs, like, um, I'm definitely really into them. <laughs> so um, how do you, you know, what do you, what do you have coming up uh, here on the horizon? Hey, man, I really appreciate that. That is really cool to hear you say that you are enjoying what I'm putting out. Um, you know, of course that is the goal, but I think, you know, more than anything, I think when you're writing music, if you're impressing yourself, then you, you know, you're really, uh, doing it right. And, and it's getting to that point for me. Um, I have a five song EP I'm planning to have done by the end of this year. And it's starting with uh, one song that's coming out on the 28th of this month. And it's called, I'd be so much cooler. If I was a dick, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
Yeah, uh, because I, th- I think everybody at one point in their life has probably felt that way. Yeah. Like you and I have kind of talked about feeling out of place, and, you know, you work in, you know, corporate America, so to speak, and uh, you try to climb the ladder, and you find that a lot of people get ahead by being kind of not super personal or just, uh, you know, being kind of a dick for lack of better words. (laughs) So uh, I was really excited to have thought of that idea and written that song. Uh, We'll see how well it does, but I think it certainly has some value to a lot of people. I think think we can all kind of relate to that. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I always feel like uh, it kind of harkens back to those, those high school days too. Like of just where, you know, it was like the, the, the cooler people or the popular people are always the people who are kind of assholes. You know what I mean? (laughs) Exactly. And, and, and that's mentioned in the song as well. Uh, you know, and, and not just that, um, being punk rock, you know, got into a lot of trouble whenever I was younger. And uh, the song kind of reminisces about that as well. So there's a lot of aspects to not only, you know, your current job in life, but what you did growing up, um, just all the aspects of, of being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and, uh, it made for a lot of good jokes in the vocal booth, too. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Do you uh, have you heard of this band 10 Foot Pole? I think I have heard of them, but I, I can't recall anything specifically that I have heard. Yeah, yeah. So so they were kind of like a skate punk band in the uh, mid to late 90s, and they've like resurfaced now and, and been putting out music. And uh, they were like on kind of the fat. I think they had – I think they actually had an album on Epitaph. Um, but they have uh, – he released a song a couple years ago called Don't Be a Dick, which is very like similar to that. Um so I'll send I'll send you a link to it later on, uh, you know, after this and through Messenger. But it, very same like uh, same theme, and um, you guys should do like a split EP together or something like that. That would be really cool. <laughs> that, is, that is really awesome. You know, you you meet these people, and uh, you know, like in in that instance, like apparently somebody was living the same life maybe as I was, just like you know, just like you were, and. And I heard you talk to uh, Jared from Modern Angst oh, yeah, um, on Jared. one of your recent podcasts. And, you know, uh, all of us in different places probably needed each other at some point. But here we are now, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, totally. It's That's totally true, man. And and I, I think it's interesting because when I was younger, I you know, I'm from a small town. And then there's uh, – in Illinois and then there I'm from Vandalia, Illinois. And then there was like Centralia and, um, Belleville and uh, all these other like smaller breeze, Illinois. Like there were all these smaller towns kind of around, but they were, you know, 20 or 30 miles away. Like it, it would be like kind of a long drive to get to these places, but we all kind of, uh, when I was younger, like in, in playing in bands and stuff, we all kind of found each other. Like, uh, you know, I would find the the few people that were in those towns that were into punk rock, you know, and, and it's cool to see, to see now, like, it's cool to hear that you're, you know, you're from a small town. It was cool to talk to Jared and kind of hear di- different people's upbringings and kind of see that we lived parallel lives in a weird way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's really cool. 
and and it speaks to that thing where you talk about you know kind of feeling like people don't really get you and hearing that it's like oh these guys get it these guys get me yeah and that is you know that's magical it's it's just like you're you're different than the status quo like you know even even like stuff that people find that the mainstream people you know like i'm not the type of dude that wants to like sit down and drink beer and watch football like you know but there's there's millions of people that that like want to do that and there's nothing wrong with that it's like i just have different interests and and when when all the people around you want to do this certain thing and you don't it's kind of feels like oh well am i different like you know am i am, <laughs> you just kind of feel like a little bit of an outcast you know what i mean a hundred percent so um i think one of the big things that i you know experience with my friends at work and um just in general is that everybody's streaming tv show after tv show now and uh that's cool you know um it's nice to have so much content available in this day and age you know marvel geez they're they're like mcdonald's throwing hamburgers off the line you know (laughs) (laughs) and and what i'm saying is there's nothing wrong with with a cheeseburger you know cheeseburger is always good uh, you can't go wrong with that. And I like Marvel movies, but it's not my passion. And it seems like, you know, I have a hard time getting into a conversation that gets really in-depth into those stories because, um, you know, I do my best, but I just can't relate to it the same way that, that most people do. Absolutely. I, I agree. And I, 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 I don't mind going in depth and, and having conversation, even, even with music sometimes. It's kind of like, let's talk about music, but, you know, or let's talk about movies and, and kind of the more surface level things. But I've always wanted to go a little bit deeper than that. You know what I mean? Like, um, I've always wanted to kind of go into like, you know, what, what are you really, really into? Like, you know, these, these are kind of conversation starters. Like everybody watches Marvel movies and the star Wars, like, you know, I love, I love the book of Boba Fett. Like I started watching it, you know, a couple weeks ago and, um, you know, I love the Hawkeye series that's on Disney plus and like, and all that stuff. But I'm also really like kind of going a little bit like what really makes you tick? Like, you know, is that, is that it? Like, is it, just watching those movies or is it, is there something else there? You know what I mean? Is there like, where, where's the depth? Looking for the passions, looking for the, uh, you know, the deep thinking and, and things like that, that people get into, I think. So what, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about like one thing that I'm kind of working through and that I really wanted to get better at with these songs that I've been putting out is, having really um, catchy and melodic choruses, um, you know, really kind of hooking people, like having good hooks, I guess, is what I'm, what I'm saying. You know, how do you, what's kind of your process? How do you come up with a good melody and a good hook? Man, that is a really good question because <laughs> I'm not, to be honest, I don't even know if I'm really sure how to answer it. I think it, I think melody is is a strong point for me, and, and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just a lot of people have told me, you know, if you could maybe play better or mix better or this or that, <laughs> uh, you know, you've got really good songs that you write, and and melody, you know, is is something that I seem to 
to understand well. And I think it comes from being able to hear some of my favorite artists and knowing, you know, what scale they're playing in and, and what kind of keys and then kind of recognizing, you know, what patterns make the types of melodies that I like on the guitar. And, um, you know, it's, it's still something I'm working on, figuring out what keys, you know, you like to sing best in and, um, you know, all the boring theory behind it. Um, and then, you know, knowing, uh, I guess, what tempos work, that might be a really convoluted and, you know, super detailed, boring way to explain <laughs> it. But uh, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for hooks and melody. And I think also just loving it, you know, helps you express it in your music. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think, um, you know, if you look at an artist like um, Taylor Swift or a, a Justin Bieber, you know, some of these like really top 40 like artists, um, you know, I think some of the things that they that they do well in their songs is they have good vocal melody hooks that really kind of draw people in that, you know, once you hear the song one time, you remember it because it's, it was that catchy. It, it caught on, you know what I mean? And I think that you can do the same thing in era. Blink-182 and Green Day are great examples of that too. Like, you know, I fell in love with the girl at the rock show. Like you, you, you know that song after one time of hearing it. And it's not, it's not that, um, that it's that complex of a song. It's just the melody was catchy enough to like hook you in and, and, to sink its hooks into you and like you want to listen to it again you know what I mean you're like oh hey I that was really really fun to sing along to like I I knew it by the end like and I feel like that's uh your song you know I'd be so much cooler if I was a dick like I, I'd be so much cooler if I was a dick you know like it just <laughs> it, it totally did that to me as well as like I was like oh man this is really like hooking me in so I'm I'm just was curious of how you, you know, what your process was with that. Um, I was actually at work. Um, I work at Costco, um, but I was at work and I was thinking about that specific idea of, you know, how people who are dicks always seem to get ahead. And I was like, man, maybe I would be so much cooler if I was a dick, you know, <laughs> knowing that I'm not that type of person. And, you know, being a nice person can make you struggle in the world. And I was like, this is, this is a neat idea. And I just grabbed a notepad and started writing down lyrics and lyric ideas. And I had this, you know, um, guitar piece that I had put together previously in my studio. And at the time, you know, everybody goes through writer's block. At the time, I was like, this just sounds very basic, you know. But if you think about it, a lot of popular music does. Absolutely. So it, it was something that I was kind of putting together musically that I was kind of disappointed with. And then I separately came up with this idea for lyrics, but then came back to my studio and I'm like, hey, that fits with that little thing I put together. And it just sort of happened from there. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I think I, that's something that I struggle with as well or that I'm working through is – um, when you have writer's block, when you go 
get to this point where you're like, I, I think what writer's block is for me is overthinking. It's like, oh, I, I, it's more of me judging myself. Like this should be catchier. This should be more complex. This shouldn't be this simple. And what I feel like when I'm in that mindset of, um, I'm not letting things just flow. You know what I mean? Like when I'm in that mindset of, oh, I should make this sound more like the men singers or more like this or more like that. And it's like <laughs> the voice in my head is like, just, just do what Wes Hoffman would do. You know what I mean? And, and you, you kind of, especially when you start getting feedback, you know, like, so after I've put out these few songs and I'm getting ready to put out an EP as well, like, um, you, you, you get feedback from playlist curators and stuff where they're like, well, the intro's too long or like the lyrics aren't really hitting me. And like all that stuff kind of hits like not in a negative way. It's just somebody's opinion, you know? And it doesn't mean that like, most of the time when people give me that feedback, they're like, hey, man, great song, but like the melody's not really hitting me or the guitars aren't hitting me or the production could be a little bit better or this or that, the other. It's just one person's opinion, but it will stick with you. So, you know, and, and a million people can tell you that they love your song and that they something that they love about it, but it's the negative, the little things that I don't even want to say negative, but it's the little things that you're like that someone's telling you you could work a little bit better at that stick with you more than the positive ones, you know? And a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I, that will stick with me and I'll be like, well, should I make the intro shorter? Should I have no intro and just start out singing the chorus? Like, you know, and I think you just have to kind of say, fuck it. Like I'm going to not pay attention to like feedback is great. And, um, I'm open to feedback, but I think sometimes you just have to say, fuck it. And like, Hey, I'm going to do what Wes Hoffman would do. I'm going to do what Danny Thacker would do. Like, I'm just going to make my, a song, you know, and not really care about what, for, for what that one person, and it might not even be that that person doesn't like the song. They might just say, Hey, my feedback is like the intro is a little too long. Other than that, you have a banger, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And it's it's funny, you know, that that you say that because we I think as musicians we go through that same process of you know these days it's it's almost like a full time job in just you know putting together and marketing your songs and you pitch it to playlist curators and you do get a lot of feedback like that um, you know where the intro is too long or like you've got a really good element here or there like your choruses are great but i think your verses need some work and you know like whenever that first started happening to me i would just beat myself up and my girlfriend would be like what is wrong with you and i'd be like i'm just totally failing you know <laughs> but um but it's exactly like what you said like music speaks to people personally and to people like me and you and jared Punk rock is what spoke to us. So you have to find the people who enjoy punk rock to, you know, get a good gauge, I think, on your punk rock for, you know, better explanation um, or for simple explanation. But, yeah, um, kind of lost my train of thought well, there. And, and there are, like, there are those people out there, you know. <laughs> like, a lot, a lot of people, um, I get a lot of feedback that, Okay, so pop punk in general is like this very broad umbrella term. Even punk rock in general is like a, a big umbrella term. Like that that encompasses so much. 
And, um, you know, my type of pop punk, I feel is like kind of the face to face, no use for a name type of pop punk, you know, and then there's newfound glory and there's neck deep and fallout boy, which is very different. You know, like, uh, I'm a little bit more of an old school sound than I am a new school sound. So if somebody who's younger, that's like, Oh, you know, I'm 25. Like I'm ex pop punk to them is all American rejects and, you know, uh, like all these different bands. It's like, they, they might hear it and be like, Oh, this is like, not really, this kind of has an older sound to it, but then there might be somebody that's a little older that would be like, Oh dude, this is just what I'm looking for. Like, I, I, I really like this, right. you know? So it's so music is so subjective and, but I'm very similar to you. Like I, I will beat myself up a little bit. Like I, I will be kind of like, Oh, I need to try better. Like I really needed to like, I need to work on this or that or the other, but it's really just one person's opinion. And who is that? You Like, especially when you're pitching to curators, who is that person? What are their tastes? You don't really know. It's, it's all very subjective to them. They're just a, you don't even, yeah, you don't even know like what they're after. Like yeah. a lot of these guys are after a certain sound with their playlists and you have to kind of figure out as you go, who are the people who previously, you know, accepted my song? Um, who are the people who are into what I'm into? And even like you said, it's kind of difficult because even people who just like punk rock, that is such a deep subject, you know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, you kind of got to go for people who like specific bands that, you know, are really inspiring to you. Um, but, you know, like I said, with each one of these releases, I think you get better and better at it. And I think one of the main goals is, like you said, to not overthink it, to to do what Wes, Hoff, uh, Wes Hoffman or, or Danny Thacker would do when they're writing a song and just throw all the other things out the window and, like I said, um, you know, earlier in the podcast, it's if you're impressing yourself, you're probably doing something right. Absolutely. Absolutely. If, if it, you know, at the end of the day, I think like, like validation is great. It's great to have somebody be like, I fucking love your songs, man. This is so good. Like I, like I'm saving all these and putting them on my playlist and it's going to be on repeat. Like that's, I love that. That's great. But at the end of the day, it has to come down to like, do you like the music that you're putting out? Like if, if you, if you really like it and you really believe in it, that's really what matters. And I feel like I, right. um, you know, it's been a little over a year now. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It's been a little over a year now that I started putting out, um, that I recorded some of these songs and that I've been putting them out. And I'm kind of like, you know, if not everybody's going to like it, that's okay. Like I, I like it. I'm proud of it. I think it's great, you know, and, and, um, that's kind of really all that, that it comes down to, you know, and, um, to tell me a little bit about, I think, you know, I'm a big promoter, like, I, and this is part of the reason why I started 314 Punk and the podcast and the Instagram is to promote, um, uh, St. Louis music and to also have a platform to share my music when I'm put when I'm doing something important, when I have a show or a release coming up. Um, and I, and I really just enjoy sharing about bands that are in the St. Louis area, whether you're in Illinois, um, you know, on that side of the river or whether you're in middle Missouri, or, um, if you're in, in kind of this Midwest region that we're in, um, you know, I, I love just kind of highlighting, there are some amazing bands out there, like in, in our city. And I feel like there was no, um, no one was highlighting it. 
no one was highlighting our scene. And I really kind of wanted to bring that together. But I also just really love promoting my music and promoting other bands and letting people know about, hey, this is a really fucking cool band. Like, listen to them. Like, listen to Modern Angst. Listen to Fight Back Mountain. Listen to Bastard Squad. Like, um, tell me a little bit about kind of your I, – I, I totally gathered that we were kindred spirits in that way that you like to promote your music as well and that that's – an aspect of it that you enjoy. And I think a lot of bands, um, I don't want to say struggle with that, but I, you know, a lot of bands maybe don't know how to do that. Or, or that's something where they're kind of like, uh, you know, I, I feel weird, like asking this blog or this playlist to add my song. Like, you know, how, how do you feel like, um, what's, what's been your experience with that? It's great to hear you say that I like doing it because the creative process and the writing of the music and the performing it is the thing that I love the most. You know, that's like when I go to a concert and watch a band perform and, you know, see like-minded people, that is like the spirituality that I get from it. Yeah. The promoting thing did not come easy to me. Um, I didn't understand it and it's changed so much since I, I was, you know, playing in a band in high school to now. Um, and there's all these expectations of how you're supposed to do it. And sometimes people, you know, if you don't do it the way that they think you should, um, they're like really offended by it or, um, you know, um, are just going to, you know, shut you down. So it didn't come easy to me at all. But, you know, the thing that spoke to me more was like, you doing this podcast and then, you know, me getting to know some of the people in this scene and then it kind of coming together. And I, I think that is the cool part of promotion is, um, you know, every day there's somebody else that I start talking to that, um, you know, that you have an experience with. And, um, yeah, it, it's, it's something that I begin to understand more as I do it. And, um, you know, I don't think there really is, some people will tell you there's a right way to do it. And I think there are some, some good guidelines for that, but I don't necessarily think that, you know, any one person really, really knows what they're doing because it's all about, you know, place and time, I think, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, is, is kind of what I've gathered. Um, so you just start putting yourself in more places and more times, you know, yeah. <laughs> I told, no, uh, I, I, yeah. I totally agree with you on that. Like, I, I think um, there is, I think you like, especially in the music industry, you need to be professional with people. Like I was just talking on a podcast about this, that um, don't spam people like don't, you know, like um, I've had that happen to me before where like a band follows me and all this on Instagram and all of a sudden I get a message request that's like, Hey, check out our new song. And I'm kind of like, you know, I don't even know, like, you know, I, I, like sometimes I might, but like, I think there's a professional way to be about it. Like it, you get to know somebody first, like, Hey Danny, like we, we've been friends for a little while. Like I'm not going to, the first, I'm not going to right out the gate, ask you to pre-save my song or listen to my music. Like I'll kind of have a conversation with you first and be like, Hey, what kind of stuff are you into? Like, how did you get into music? And that takes time, but that also makes a real connection with someone, you know? And, um, yeah, I don't think that there, I think there's certain things that work for certain bands and certain scenes. Like it, it might, you know, I'm uh, 
pretty well connected in the in the pop punk and punk rock world but the hardcore scene is like i don't know the blogs and zines that and playlist curators that are really popular in that scene you know what i mean so it's just kind of an interesting thing it, it's and i think you kind of hit the nail on the head is um getting to know people in the scene you know i know that you and i are, the, are in a lot of the same facebook uh pop punk groups and stuff like that and we're you know you're always posting different stuff and and you're friends with a lot of the same people in those groups that i am and that's a really good way to just you know those are the people that are looking for new pop punk music so why not post in those groups like hey my new song is coming out please pre-save like you know um hey my new song is out here's the video like you know those are the actually like the segments and that are like hey we are looking for pop punk like post your stuff here like um, you don't right. always get the same thing if you just blast it out on your your Facebook news feed, you know, because not everybody that follows me, I might have more followers on my Instagram, but not everybody that follows me on Instagram cares about pop punk or cares about my music, you know? Right, right. Um, yeah, I've, I've just now gotten into the, into the world of creating some content and it's really cool to see everybody interact with it. Like who's your favorite band of these four bands or, you know, I'm trying to get a little bit more creative with it. Uh, to me, it's not the most exciting thing, but it gives us a common place where so many people who could have so many differences can find a similarity. And it, I think it is because, you know, it's not the most exciting thing, but it, it's simple. Yeah. And we all listen to these bands and so, like, you know, just creating a, a little poll was, was like an epiphany to me. And I actually had uh, someone from the group, you know, give me that idea and help me with that. And, uh, you know, they had a really big audience. And, and I just thought that was, it was amazing that they took the time to explain to me, you know, that process. And, uh, you know, just opens another door. Um, but like you were talking about... Um, you know, don't just send that invitation to like the band right away. Uh, that was something that I had to learn. And it's not something, you know, that I personally ever took offense to. Sure. Um, yeah. Like somebody sends me their link. I'll probably listen to it. I'll probably just go ahead and comment on it. But I, I could see, you know, that that might get overwhelming at some point or it might seem disingenuous. Right, right. That's a really big the word. That's the thing for me is it, is it just feels a little like, oh, well, you know, yeah, I mean, I'd love to check it out. But, you know, you're you're asking something from me without getting to know me first. And, and it feels just a little spammy, you know, but like and, and maybe for some people it does work like but um, I, I prefer to kind of like, hey, let's let's get to know each other first. you know Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen some different perspectives, you know, with within the scene on that. Um, my philosophy is I just for, you know, I'm going to be Mr. Rogers here. And a lot of people have compared me to him throughout my life. That's awesome. <laughs> is that I just, I just, <laughs> you know what? It is awesome. I embrace it. Uh, Mr. Rogers, Pee Wee Herman, whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh, you are speaking my language right now. Those are two <laughs> icons. Um, but treat people. I think the way that you want to be treated and yeah. Um, some people like, like you said, 
they uh, they don't like getting that link. Uh, for me, it's it's not the biggest deal in the world, but I get where it could be annoying. And even if you are gonna, you know, and I will do this. I do text people and say, my friends, you know, when when I have a show coming up or I have a release coming up, I'll text my friends and I'll be like, hey man, I hope you're doing well. Um, you know, maybe we've talked recently, you know, maybe there's something that I can touch on. I hope you're doing well. Hope your family's good. Um, you know, I have a new EP coming up. If you wouldn't mind pre-saving, I'd really appreciate it. Like showing some gratitude of like, Hey, I know I'm texting you out of the blue, like, you know, or Hey, we have a show coming up. I'd really love for you to be there. Like, because, uh, especially now with the way Instagram and Facebook is, um, even with Facebook events, like not everybody, you know, you, you get so many invitations to stuff you get, there's so many notifications that you get. Like I've found the most, um, success in just texting my friends and being like, Hey, I have a show. It's on March 5th. Please come. Like, I would love for you to be there if you're free. I know that it's weird with the time of COVID right now, but like whatever's happening, like I just wanted to make you aware about it, aware of it. And, um, I've had way more luck with that, even though that is kind of, that's a very direct, like, Hey, I'm texting you about this type thing. But, um, you know, doing it in a way that feels professional and not like, you know, Hey, I'm coming to come. Uh, like if, if I just sent a text, that was like, Hey, I have a show. Hope to see you there. Like, and just send a link. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like that, yeah, that feels a little impersonal, like, and it feels yeah, like you're, you're just wanting me to come to your show, you know? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause we do care, right? We care a lot. And, and, uh, it's, it's kind of hard to portray that through text, you know, and everybody can interpret text, you know, a little bit differently, but just going the extra step of, of saying, you know, how's the family, how was that thing you did recently or, yeah. or putting something in there to where you could possibly start a conversation Absolutely. Um, or just show that you care, uh, makes a huge difference. Absolutely. That, that's what I was kind of trying to touch on is like, show that you care that you're not just there to get somebody to come to your show or get another pre-save that type of thing. So, yeah, uh, but at the same that time, might not be your, I'm sorry. Oh no, no, go ahead. <laughs> Cause while that might, you know, not be your intention, it can come across that way. If you're just like dropping the same message on everybody's feed or everybody's, uh, you know, messenger, you know, uh, absolutely. a little more personal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, uh, I, I totally agree with you on that. And, and at the same time, I would say that if someone like you or Jared or Adrian from fight back mountain or Don from bastard squad, like just sent me a pre-save link, I would just pre I would know exactly what you were wanting. I would be like, okay, I'll just pre-save like, because going back to that, like, I know that we have the same mindset. I know that it's like, Hey, Hey dude, please pre-save. Like, you know, if, if you just sent me a message that said that, I would take no offense to it because we already know each other. Like, and I, right. I, I would want you to do the same thing for me. So, like, I'll do the same thing for you. And it takes two seconds to pre-save a song. And it doesn't even, it doesn't cost anything. It doesn't take a certain amount of time. You're not giving someone, like, your information that, that if you're like, oh, well, I don't want this person to have my email address, you can click the box that says, like, don't send them my information, my email, you know. So it's, it's, 
you know, I get it. I totally get it. Um, side note, did you see the Mr. Rogers documentary that came out like a few years ago? Was that the one with Tom Hanks or just a regular documentary? Just, just the regular documentary. Um, I don't think I have seen it. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I watch a lot of Mr. Rogers, just little clips on, on YouTube. Yeah. I would highly, anyway. re- I highly recommend it. It's called, um, Oh, what's it called? Um, I think it's called, won't you be my neighbor? Um, I can't, now I'm, now I'm having a hard time. Um, like discerning which one was the Tom Hanks one and which one was the documentary, but the documentary <laughs> one was, I went and saw it, uh, with my ex-wife and, uh, dude, I was in tears. Like most of the movie, right? it was very emotional. It was very yeah. emotional just to, to see someone that had that much love and, and cared for people that much was just, it was really moving. It really is. Um, I always tell people when we talk about Mr. Rogers, uh, which, by the way, I wish I had that sweater I could show you. I've got a couple of cardigan sweaters. I do, too. <laughs> when you wear them out, do people call you Mr. Rogers? Um, so I mean, I wear them at work a lot. I, I work from home now, but, like, I wear them at work a lot. And, you know, that's kind of my – that's kind of what I'm going for is a little bit of a Mr. Rogers vibe. <laughs> um, but watching uh, – I think specifically the clip where he is presenting to Congress to get more funding for PBS. Yes. And the way that he does it. And you've got all these old guys who are pretty soulless <laughs> listening to him do it. And I think one of the speakers, um, you know, within Congress says something to the effect of, I'm not a very emotional person. And everything that you just said to me, you know, I don't, I don't think he said makes him want to cry or anything like that. But basically he told him that he was making him emotional. And, um, like, I, I remember, like, shedding a tear the first time I saw that video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, the way that he explains, like, childhood development and the way that he wants to, like, genuinely help kids – in, in growing up was it was just amazing watching that video and, and what he was able to accomplish for the entire country when he secured funding for PBS. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that clip and just his whole, yeah. I mean, Mr. Rogers is absolutely incredible. And, um, you know, when we're children, those are super, super formative years. Like the things that happen to us when we're, little kids we don't realize it until we get older but those things stick with us like you know those those traumatic things or those things that and trauma is one of those things not to get too like (laughs) psychological (laughs) here but like trauma is there's a spectrum like you know something that maybe could happen to you when you're little and that would not be a big deal to you was a big deal to someone else that happened when they were a kid you know and then it's one of those things that like, as you get older, you don't realize how much it it sticks with you, but then you get to be in your mid thirties, late thirties. And you're like, wow, that really has affected me my entire life. And I never really realized that, you know, when this thing happened to me when I was eight years old, 
now is has still stuck with me and I never dealt with it. And it's it's still bothering me to this day. And, you know, um, it, it's a whole big spectrum of stuff. And, and as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm realizing that like, oh, you know, maybe I, I worry about what people think because and this is going to get super deep for a second. But like, you know, I worry about what people think because I always wanted my parents to approve of what I was doing. You know, and now that I'm older, I'm almost 40 years old. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm getting, I'm working through that. I'm like, hey, I don't care what other people think. Like, I care what I think. Like, do I think I'm a good person? They're like, at the end of the day, that's what matters. Like, if at the end of the day, I can sit down and be like, I could have done better, could have been nicer to this person, I could have been, um, you know, more aware or present in this moment. Like, if, if, if I was like, you know, then, then that, that, that's, I need to work on that. But at the end of the day, I can say, hey, I, I tried my best to be a good person today to everyone that I came in contact with. That's all that really matters. You know, um, 100%. Yeah. And uh, you, you can beat yourself up over it, you know. And there are some people out there who just aren't going to like you for who you are. And it's the same thing about they don't listen to punk rock. They listen to rap or they listen to country or everybody's just a little bit different and different things speak to them. You know, so you can't, you know, there's only so much you can do. And if you give too much of yourself to what other people think, yes, then you're going to lose yourself. Yes. You know, yes, <laughs> you are totally true. And man. Just saying it out loud doesn't make it easy. You know, like, no. um, it's very hard. I, I think if you grew up and your parents, you know, weren't happy with you not becoming a, a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, and you wanted to play punk rock. Am, am I talking about myself right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but you know, and, and at the end of the day, you got to be you, and you should be proud of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, I, I do want to say this. That's like I had a great upbringing, you know, like my, my parents, like – I'm very thankful for how I grew up, but at the same time, it's like you always felt, I always felt like, oh, well, I want my parents to be happy with me. And I don't know where that comes from. Like, I don't know if it was just this, like, whenever I got in trouble, it was like, oh, my parents are mad at me, you know, like, um, and that might not be a big deal for other people. Other people listening might be like, oh, well, I'm like, my parents were always mad at me and it was never a big deal, you know, and that's, what I'm talking about, like the spectrum of trauma, like I, you know, some people will say, well, I never gave a fuck about what my parents cared about me. And like, I, you know, <laughs> I just did whatever I wanted to do. I was just a rebel, you know, and that's fine too. So, but, um, yeah, it's really interesting. I think to talk about this, these kind of things and how different situations that we're in when we're little kids affect us, you know, then when we, as we grow up and, it will, it will resurface, like depending, you know, no matter what it is, like it will resurface at some point and, and, uh, until you, you work through it. So, um, but okay, we can, we can stop being deep there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I find myself being deep a lot. Uh, my cat has been bothering me through uh, part of this. You may have noticed, but my cat is saying to me right now, you know, Dad, are you proud of me? And will you please come sit with me? 
uh, in the living room like you normally do. <laughs> and funny thing about this cat is she doesn't eat food unless you're like down in the kitchen. Like that's okay. It's time to eat food because you know my owner's in the kitchen. It's really weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, she's <laughs> she's a cute cat for sure. So, <laughs> thanks. Uh, well, Danny, this has been fantastic, man. It's been great to sit and talk with you for a little bit. I would love to hang out in person someday. Um, uh, do you have what what's coming up before we kind of sign off? Uh, you know, I know you have this song coming out on January twenty eighth. What else is in the future for Number One Sons? So we're gonna have five songs this year, and I say we, but. Um hadn't touched on that I do a lot of this myself and uh, I'm starting to branch out more on that and getting more people involved. So I would, I would love to have, you know, a time that we played together or maybe wrote something together. Oh, hell yeah. um, not, not to put you on the spot, do, do with that what you will, but um, all the things that are coming up uh, song, January 28th, uh, five songs total this year. Um, I've got another one I think scheduled for March 25th, so it'll be about every two months I'm going to put out a new song. Smart. And there's going to be uh, a lot of uh, you know fun in between, just trying to uh, meet more cool people like yourself and um, and just have a good time. Uh, hopefully, maybe at some point this year I'll get out and play a show. If uh, if that's not with a band, then you know just a just like an acoustic performance opening up for some friends or something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I will definitely be there. Just let me know when it is. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll plan accordingly. And, uh, yeah. How can people find you on, uh, social media? So I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and, uh, on uh, TikTok, it's at number one sons and same thing on Facebook and, uh, just search for number one sons. You'll see a picture of, uh, a guy that's looking a little bit like Mr. Rogers on there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I look forward to meeting new friends, and I really appreciate you having me on today. Really absolutely, cool. absolutely. Um, I'm following you on TikTok right now. It looks like you already followed me, and I didn't follow back like an asshole. So... <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it happens all I, the time. I'm not a I'll big... start talking... Like no, dude. I would. I like TikTok is one of those things that like I I I really do enjoy TikTok. Like, I think it's a great social media platform. But I just don't always have the time. Like, it takes way longer to create a TikTok than it does an Instagram post. So like, it certainly does. And you're really putting yourself out there when you do it. Like, I, I think it's just daunting. You know. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I like, mean, I really like. I think it's great, but. And and the exposure that you can get from TikTok is great, but I just don't. Um, it takes me way too long to put one together and um, really make <laughs> it look cool. And then like, you know, I'll put one together and maybe three hundred people view it, and I'm kind of like, oh, well, fuck me. Like, I'll go back to Instagram. Instagram is really where I live. You know, like that's that's my bread and butter. Like, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, you know, back in the day, I, I used to have like. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I would post on each one. And now I'm kind of like, you know, Instagram is is really where I'm I'm really savvy, you know. So I'll just stick with that. <laughs> nice, yeah. I'll have to talk to you about your experience on that sometime. Sure, that would sure. be really cool. Yeah, we should get together and have a have a coffee or or just you know hang out. I would I would love to have you come down to my studio at Encapsulated, and maybe we could 
you know, work on a song or something. That would be cool. Yeah, same man. Uh, anytime, if you you know, if you need to record something, or if you just want to hang out, I've got a studio down here as well. Awesome, awesome. Well, much love to you, Danny. I really appreciate it, dude. And uh, yeah, th- this will probably be up. Um, uh, would you want me to put it up this week before your um, single comes out? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. I would love for people to hear about the single coming out on the 28th, and uh, that'll be perfect. Awesome. Well, I'll get it up sometime this week then. All right. Thanks, Wes. Yep. Much love, brother. Talk to you soon. You too. Bye-bye.